Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the king of all kings podcast. Street Vibes. Hosted by Kenny Carraway and Jason Jones. Yeah, yeah, what is good? You already know what it is, man. You know the vibes, man. The J Street Vibes. I'm your main man, Kenny Carraway, ESPN 1320, D-Lo and KC co-host. You can hear me every day on ESPN 1320. Got my main man, Jason Jones, with me from The Athletic. Jay, what's good, man? I'm chilling, man. You know, uh, got my first taste of Kings playoff basketball since I was in my 20s. Damn. I mean, I ain't even going to put your age out there, but it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I mean, you just do simple math. (laughs) I mean... If I was in my 20s, at the worst case scenario, I still got a three, but I got a four in front of that. <laughs> I was out of, co- I think, what was the, uh, was it the, um, I think the last series I remember going to might have been that Dallas Kings one where Ooh. Nick Van Exel and Steve Nash. Oh, wow. That, well, they played the, the, the only time Dallas beat them is when Weber got hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, when Weber got hurt, yeah. Yeah, so that has been part of that one. Yeah, so yeah, it's been a minute since I've been around. Yeah, because I didn't go to any playoff games during the our test Bonzi mm. you know, sleep era. Well, we knew this was big time because uh, at the Golden One Center, not once but twice, that man Jason Jones was in the building, man. So you know it was big time, and, and they're gonna, gonna, gonna say I'm the reason why they lost. Oh, so they lost both games. When you weren't there, they won both games. So I mean, <laughs> do with that what you may. Okay, um, but I will say this: um, we all know what it is, Kings. For anybody checking in here and, and not knowing what's going on, I'm not sure why you're listening to this if you don't know what happened in, in the playoffs. But just in case you are, uh, the Kings lost in seven games in the first round to the Golden State Warriors in an epic first round series. That was a hell of a first round series, man. And um, unfortunately, didn't go to Kings' way. Uh, but let's just start there, man. Oh, what a series! What a series. I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know I know it's not number one because the first one that comes to my mind is Chicago and Boston that one year where they had like four overtime games or something like that in the first round. So that was a good one. I remember there was a really good first round series between the Spurs and the Suns. But this was one of the dopest first round series I could remember. This was a good one, at least since they've been going to like seven games and everything. 
Yeah, I mean, there's been some interesting, some 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 good first round. Was was I forgot what was it the Spurs played the Clippers one year? Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Game Seven was the same day as Mayweather Pacquiao. I remember that. Yeah, so I mean, you've had yeah, and I just think it's I would made this one different. It's just that the teams were so evenly matched. I mean, this was a real. It was three six, but you the seating really wasn't that big of a deal. It's because it more West, like a four five matchup. Yeah, the West was so you know jumbled up. You know, it really was about who was going to – if there was going to be a game seven, where were you going to play it at? And the series was entertaining. I think, you know, De'Aaron introduced himself to some other – to some people who maybe didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, at, and the, you know, the Kings, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough in a way because I think the fact that the Kings hadn't been in the playoffs – and so long kind of gives – I won't say it kind of softens the blow, but, man, you were up 2-0 and had a game three without one, two of their key players. Mm. If they go up 3-0, this is a whole different – I think this is a whole different discussion. But, I mean, that is a good point, and, and I've talked about on the, on the airwaves um, how – I said back in March, I think I said it on the radio show, I think I might have said it on here, I said – once they clinch the playoffs, there is no disappointing um, ending to the season. The season is, is a success. And when you're involved and, and you understand the dynamics of the Sacramento Kings, I think that's a pers- a very reasonable and logical take. Like the biggest thing that happened this year, the biggest thing that could happen was breaking that streak. They did that. And I was like, look, they got swept in the first round. A success. They got a taste of the playoffs. They got done with that. But I understand what you're talking about. When you get out of that prism, um, mm-hmm. which, once again, I'm not going back on it. I think that's the right prism for the Kings. This this year is a success simply because they broke the streak, 100%. I'm not going back on that. But when you get out of that prism and you look at the series like a regular playoff series, that's a great point, man. They were up 2-0, still had home court. I had an opportunity to get – one, I'm not saying win both of the games and be, you know, sweet, but get one of those games in Golden State to put some real, real pressure on them and make it a 3-1 series. They weren't able to do that. And then they lost game five as well at, at home and kind of put them behind the eight ball. So, um, yeah, man, when you look at it at like a playoff series, that was tough uh, to to not be able to close that out after being up 2-0. Yeah, and you lose two the last two games you lose are at home. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose. Yeah, you lose your last two at home. It was, but the, it was, during the season, the Kings were always better on the road, which I always thought was weird. Mm-hmm. Because normally, young teams are better at home. Yeah, you know. But I just think, kind of like De'Aaron said, you know, like I said, if you remove the fact that you know, if you remove the fact they just got in, I mean, obviously that's a big deal. But I think for me, what changes is that you didn't like get in as the eight. Mm-hmm. You got in as a three. Mm-hmm. And if, if if the three C, I mean, if, if the three C goes up two zero, even though obviously the six was not your normal six, mm-hmm. I just would have loved to have seen them figure out how to get one of those, those either game three or game four. But I just um, I just look back at game three. I'm like that was, and I think even Davion said after the game, that was the game to end this. Mm-hmm. That was the game, you know, and. Because it was like because they didn't have Draymond, they had they figured out that kind of unlocked something for them for three games. Yeah. 
and they win three in a row and they unlock the whole, well, we can go small. Hmm. So, I mean, but yeah, I'm not, I, uh, you know, it's, you know, you take away just the happiness about being in the playoffs. I mean, I think they're going to, they're going to spend a few days going, man, if we had did this, this one game here, I mean, game three and game four are going to haunt them. Game four was the one I thought game four, I thought game four, they played well, they played really well, you know, for the majority of that game, mm-hmm. that was a game where they played Kings basketball, they put themselves in a position to win that game. And I think it was a one point game, maybe with about three minutes to go and maybe even less than that, maybe like two and a half minutes to go. And they just got like three straight empty possessions yeah. from there and, and some turnovers. And, and they just, they got it to one a number of different times in that game and would turn the ball over or, you know, put up a bad shot and could never get over the hump. And then even with all that being said, they had an opportunity, Harrison Barnes right there, uh, to stick it to the man, stick stick it to the man that is the Golden State Warriors. And uh, the man who wanted to go to his wedding. <laughs> and uh, and put them in a, in a tough predicament of being down 3-1. And um, I thought he – I remember, you know, being at Sky River Casino and seeing that shot. I thought he hit it. It looked good. It looked like it was going to go down and yeah. just back rim. And at that point, you, you got into a situation where I don't want to say you were at a disadvantage – but you had lost your advantage. It became liter- quite literally an even series again at that point uh, when it was 2-2 going back to Sacramento. It became best of three, and the team that won game five probably was going to win the series. Mm. But that team was going to have two chances to close it out, and that's how it played out. And I think you look at game seven, I, I, you know, if, if I have a critique or a commentary on that, how do you not just ask Davion on him, you know, is Davion going to stop him? No, you know, but, you know, that was about the easiest 50 I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes I think you can, you can overthink things. And I just want to see him make stuff work at least because Clay was not playing well. Wiggins couldn't make a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, all they were were Stefan and, and you know the second coming of Moses Malone under the glass. <laughs> as uh, as as our producer Jesse would say, Steph Looney and some guys. <laughs> That's what it ended up being, and you know that you know one of those guys is you know all time great and carried them. But you know, I think it's cool that we can sit back and nitpick and say, well, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that, as opposed to them getting swept. Mm. Which I never expected to have. I mean, I think it's good. Like I even asked Darren after the game, you went seven with these guys. Now you see just how close, you know, how close it is to getting to advancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That this is not some you didn't they didn't get any get smacked around. Right. You know, you were you you were a game seven at home away from advancing. Uh, I think they can take so much from this experience because of that. I I I use I don't like saying this um, more times than not because it kind of sounds like sour grapes. I'm not trying to have that or nothing at all. The Warriors did what they had to do uh, to win that series, and they 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 came through in the clutch moments to win that series. But it really felt like the Kings were the better team. They just didn't have the know how, and they didn't have the best player in the series. They didn't have Steph Curry. But, when you get to a game seven, that's what it usually comes down to. Who has the best player? Yeah. But is that is that off base to say to say that you know like I said not trying to take anything away from the Warriors but I thought I thought the Kings were the better team they 
didn't execute. They didn't take care of business. And once again, you got a guy like Steph Curry, who's a monster out there. But I, I thought, I thought they had the better team. I thought they they had to learn some things, though. We talked about postseason experience and all this other stuff. I've kind of poo pooed it a lot. But, you know, being there, I felt like they they had to learn some things. They had to learn how to win a game five and 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 not let your foot off off the gas in a game three or in a game seven when you're up at the half, making sure that third quarter um, stays the, at your tempo on the way you went. There was just a bunch of different learning experiences. Do you, you kind of feel the same way about that? Yeah, I think uh, I think if I, if I went man for man, I think overall the Kings have a better roster. Mm. I think they have a more talented team, but they don't have the experience. And then when you saw that grittiness, time for that, they didn't have that. Mm. And some of that just comes with experience, some of its personnel. And I think that's what that's the only thing De'Aaron said. You know, it is more physical. And he said, and he even he said, you know, yeah, we didn't shoot as well. Maybe that's because we weren't used to the, the physicality, and that took that took our shots from us. Mm. You know, and he said, a, a, you know, you know, a jumper taking a shot in game fifty or game seventy or game twenty is not like taking a playoff shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he gets that because mm-hmm. you hear guys say, "Oh, it's just the playoffs," you know. But yeah, he said he embraced the physicality. And something about people don't know about De'Aaron. De'Aaron likes a physical game. Mm. People look at him and say, oh, he's a, he's a smaller guy or he's kind of lean. But as De'Aaron told me one time, he played football in high school. He likes to hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think they they had to learn that. I think you know, one thing De'Aaron said was Mike Brown had always got on them all year about the little things. It's the little things. It's the little things that, are, you know, and those little, he said, they, they were problems all during the regular season. But now you get to the playoffs and see why those little things matter. Mm-hmm. Boxing out. You know, boxing out on long, you know, not giving up all those long offensive rebounds, you know, turnovers at the wrong time, you know, forcing the shot at the wrong, you know, those little things you're able to get away with against the Houston Rockets in February. Mm-hmm. Come back to get you in the postseason. And you look at the game, I look at game five and game seven, the Warriors didn't shoot great. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like the Warriors were lights out. The Warriors game five, they were lights out. Game seven, they yeah, were. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm talking about yeah, more so game seven. Yeah, game right. seven, both teams pretty much were a mirror image in a lot of ways. I mean, neither team could make free throws, mm-hmm. but the Warriors beat them at the little things. They got all those off. I mean, you look at the rebounding numbers, they weren't a great disparity, wasn't like by 20 or anything. But you look at the fact that how many possessions the Warriors bought themselves again. Especially that third quarter. I mean, this is I'm, I'm like, is this Wilt Chamberlain out here? I'm like, what is what are we doing here? This man getting everything. You know, so I think there's definitely a lot to be learned. I think I'm curious to see what Sabonis takes from this. Because mm. I mean, he's taking some heat for how he played. Yeah. You know, and and I think I I I, I said all season that if they faced a team with a big who was physical. They, that could be a problem. And they just, you know, they ran it. You know, you look at all going into the postseason, th- there wasn't like a option where I was like, yeah, they, they're, you know, they're going to be cool against that guy at the five. And they <laughs> ran into a guy who was just on, on a mission. I mean, get 320-something rebound games, mm. you know. Like I said, I don't know if that was Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, or who. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I I can almost I haven't looked at Kevon Looney's numbers for his career, 
I I seriously doubt he has many seasons where he averaged like 10 plus boards. Right. I doubt it. But, you know, that's that that that's that timeliness. You know, they they know when they know when to make the plays and they know. And, you know, there was a game five when Gary Payton, the second got like two or three putbacks. That's just understanding the moment and just, you know, wanting it more. And I think the Kings will understand now that teams that advance do all that stuff. The stuff they kind of poo-pooed in the offs in the regular season, like, well, you know, we score a lot of points, whatever. You realize you get to this time of year, those points are going to be harder to come by. You might score some points, but it's going to be harder to come by. Mm. And you're going to have to do the, you're going to have to get a little, you know, you know, get a little grimy out there, you know, mm. get you know, get on the floor more, do that type of stuff. And I think all of that's going to pay dividends for them down the road if they can take that and apply it. And it's tough to start doing it in the playoffs if you haven't been doing it all year mm. or you're not used to doing. So now that, you know, like Aaron said, okay, that I can be physical. No. And we can play good defense. I mean, you know, we, we can actually do it. So they're going to take it. Good, good to see, man. Um, I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about De'Aaron Fox, man, because he had um, one hell of a, a season, one hell of a year, to be honest with you, man. So um, you wrote something about that. I, I, I want to get more into uh, De'Aaron and the season that he had. Uh, it's Jason Jones of The Athletic. Kenny Caraway, ESPN 1320. Jace Revives will be right back. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Back here on J Street Vibes, Kenny Caraway, ESPN 1320, D'Lo and Casey, Jason Jones of The Athletic. We're here putting a little bit of a bow on the Sacramento Kings season here in the 2022-2023 season after a first-round exit to the defending champion Golden State Warriors. Nothing to your head about, though, man. They broke a 16-year drought. They reinvigorated the city, um, and, and they made the entire city proud. And, and, and kind of brought a franchise back to life so uh it's it's i want to say it's all good because you want to win but uh (laughs) it is all good out here in sacramento they they love this team and they've uh they're hoping this is the beginning of something one of the things that they're hoping they're this is the beginning of is multiple all-star possibly multiple all nba De'Aaron fox man what a year he had um just a, a a breakthrough year uh in the league i want to get his numbers specifically uh up on the season i think he averaged i don't even want to think i want to make sure i have it right here i'm pulling it up as we speak um but on on the season uh he averaged 25 points per game 
to go along with six assists, four rebounds, one steal a night. Um, the first ever NBA Clutch Player of the Year uh, award went to De'Aaron Fox for what he was able to do uh, time and time again in the fourth quarter, the most by the numbers, the most clutch player in the league. And then he had his first playoff appearance, and he upped his game in the playoffs. He went from 25 a night to 27.4 to six assists a night to 7.7 assists, then even upped his rebounds and steals as well. He, he, he was able to do what I think a lot of people were hoping Sabonis would do, and that's take your game up a notch in the postseason. Sabonis obviously wasn't able to do that, but De'Aaron Fox, uh, he more than did that in the playoffs, man. What a, what a year from him, man. There, he's, he's a guy that, you know, you saw him when he was drafted here in Sacramento. They looked at his, him like the savior. He, he was going to bring these guys to the promised land. And yeah. like I've said a number of different times, Jason, I know it's not a championship. I know they're not there yet. They've got a lot that they want to accomplish. But damn it, he did it. He did it. <laughs> he brought him there. He, he's he's an all-NBA player. He's an all-star. He broke the streak. He performed in the playoffs. Damn it, he did it. Yeah, and they finally got him some help. I mean, a lot of times I think we're way too hard on young players about what they have and haven't done and ignore the fact that usually the best players end up in some terrible situations <laughs> to start their careers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, like I said, I've known De'Aaron since he got drafted, and I've always said he's one of the smartest young players. I, you know, just, he's very self-aware, mm. like understands what he's not good at. You know, you don't have many guys who are twenty will tell you, "I'm not really a great leader. I don't. I'm not really good at talking to guys and doing that stuff yet." And he understood that he had to get better at it, mm. and I think you know, there's uh, definitely an awareness, probably, of how you know people view him and. Sometimes you see him, you know, have fun on social media about that. People say stuff about him, but I just saw a different level of, you can kind of feel the maturity in him. Mm-hmm. You also forget when guys drafted was the 18. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, I, you know, and so I think, you know, you take all that into account. The fact that he did not come into this season trying, you know, over to, I, I forgot who got him to gain a bunch of weight last year. <laughs> But that was just the craziest thing ever. Last year was all bad. And I don't know if he will remember it, but I, I, after one of his workouts, I talked to him. Because I was hard on Fox at the beginning of the season last year because I, I was so disappointed in how he started that season and, and how he came into that season. And there was a lot of other factors going on. He's probably pissed off. Like, I'm, we're really running this back again. Like, we're really doing this again. There was a lot going on. But I told him, I was like, man, you was at one point – like 25 games in a season, he was averaging like 17 points a game. I was like, well, you're not a 17-point per game player. Like, I can't just sit up there and be like, everything's cool. Like, I had to be like, nah, you're better than this. And when I talked to him, he was like, no, you're right. Like, I expect the same thing out of myself. I I wasn't handling business. But that was the one time, the, the first month and a half of the season last year when I was like, man, I don't know if he's it, man. I don't know if he can get it done. I knew he had the talent. But I didn't know. And, you know. Like, why would a guy whose game is predicated on speed think that gaining weight, you know, but then again, you don't know who he was working with. You know, you know, he could have got some bad advice. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, you know, could have told him that was a thing to do and they were wrong. But, yeah, him playing like that made sure that Luke Walton and them guys was going to get up out of there. I mean, they, 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 they
win that without him like that because that the way that team was, it was so bereft of talent mm-hmm. that if De'Aaron wasn't, and that, that's what made it tough too. If De'Aaron wasn't special every night, a lot of times those teams couldn't win, mm-hmm. and that was a lot to put on him. So you actually put a team around him, and he, you know, and I saw a lot of maturity in his game in terms of getting to that mid-range game. I mean, it was lethal. Mm-hmm. Getting to the paint, you know, he's not Steph with the three, but I think he's a he's he's a much more confident three point shooter. Yeah, we, we weren't complaining about him going five or nine on free throws every other night. Oh man, the free throw thing was yeah. uh, that was driving me crazy, and and all of a sudden he turned into damn Mark Price at the free throw line this year. I was yeah. like, that's what yeah. I'm talking. Well, I mean, about. you definitely saw some growth and some improvement, and like you know, you listen to the way he talked about the game. He under uh, had a coach tell me one time, what young players don't get is that being really good in the NBA is hard. Hmm. It's not easy. Like the level of work and time and commitment, it's mm-hmm. hard. There's a reason why everyone can't be that guy because mm-hmm. not everyone wants to pay that price. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to cut your vacation short because you got to go work out. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the guy who's like, Hey, I need to get all the guys together to get this work in. And De'Aaron has grown into more of that guy. He wasn't always that guy, mm-hmm. you know. There were grumbles amongst the team, like, man, this dude rather work out with his fiance than work out with us. <laughs> you know, so he wasn't always that guy, but I think he's grown into that role. And it always helps when your GM goes out and gets you another all-star to play with and yeah. puts guys around you who fit what you do as opposed to drafting a bunch of seven-footers. <laughs> yeah. Do you um uh, you think there's another level? that he could reach or is this about who he is? And I don't even say that like in a negative way, he could be 25 and six for the next eight years. And that's dope, right? Like that's really good. I'm not saying it like it's bad, but do you think there's another level that he could reach uh, statistically and just as a basketball player in general? I don't think he's in his prime yet. Mm. I think he can become a better three point shooter. Mm Mm-hmm. To become a, a a better defender, a more consistent all you know defender, mm-hmm. he can be a dominant two way player. Mm-hmm. And I think if he becomes a more dominant defender, I think that changes that flips so much. I mean, I know, I know, I even talk about it. we hear the head of the snake, head of the snake, head of the snake. You know, he's the head of the, he's the head of the snake, but. If you if you fl- if he flips that on defense as well, hmm. and you you know and you start seeing him getting all defense votes, and you know maybe that steal account goes to two steals a game, two mm-hmm. two and a half. You know we know he can block he can block shots. Mm-hmm. You know you know when needed he can be a rebound. You know he can rebound. You know there's areas where he just even a small uptick takes his game to a different level. Yeah. You know, if he's getting, you know, I forgot, I forgot how many boards he averaged this year, but if that number goes up a little, and that means he's initiating an extra two or three breaks a game, mm-hmm. that could be with the way the guys can shoot the three, that could be extra nine points. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely another level. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say that he's, you know, I don't think he's in his prime yet. I think mm-hmm. we got, I think he might be a year or two away from it. I mean, like I said, we forget how young he is. Was he 25 now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, 
Yeah. People, think, yeah. people think about their prime, they're usually thinking about 27, 28. Yeah, usually you think about a guy hitting his prime around 27. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's when the experience coupled with the knowledge all comes together. Mm-hmm. And now, boom, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're Superman. Yeah. And I think this playoff experience and what he'll take from that and what he'll add to his, his game and bring to the regular season, I think next year we'll see another leap where he goes from, well, he made the all-star team to, well, damn, he he is killing this for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the guy that we got we to get on TV 20 times. That's the guy we're going to, you know, we got to get in the, who gets a new big shoot. You know, I think he, I think he can get that. I thought, I don't think we scratched the surface with deer. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And you talk about this, this playoff experience that he got. I mean, you were on the the biggest stage that the NBA has, you know, at least in the first round, like all ABC and TNT, but three ABC games, everything else on TNT, like not even a sniff of NBA TV. Like you were on, <laughs> you were on that type of platform. You went up against the world champs. You went up and you went head to head for a long time. Obviously, it didn't end up this way, but I think like the first five or six games, him and Steph Curry had like the same amount of you know points per game. They both had like thirty-one and a half or something like that. Um, so you went up against you know a psycho like Steph Curry, point for point, damn near for the much of the series. Um, and they were throwing the kitchen sink at him. It wasn't like oh, you were matched up with. GP2 the whole time. They had GP2. They had Wiggins. They had Clay. They threw Draymond at you. They were throwing everything at you, and you were still able to do your thing. And I say all that to say that can only uh, breed confidence in him moving forward, right? Like, you got to, if I'm De'Aaron Fox, I'm like, I didn't, I ain't going to say I seen it all. I'm sure there's different stuff, but <laughs> damn, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot. So, I, I what am I going to be worried about? Trey Young guarding me in, in January. Like, nah, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like single coverage. I'm insulted. <laughs> oh, all you're going to do is put a regular one guy on me. Watch this. Mm. I think, like I said, it's all there and it's mm. been there, but I think he learned a lot about what it takes to be a high level NBA player. Mm. He learned a lot about what it takes to play at that level consistently. I mean, his first four plus years, five years, we saw flashes of it. That's why you know he'd win NBA Player of the Week. You know he'd you know he'd have a you know a good five seven days, and we'd be like, yeah, he was Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. And then they, they'd win three or they'd win six or seven, and then mm-hmm. he'd tail off, and the team would suck. Yeah, because he had to do so much just to get Player of the Week. But I think he, I think, I think physically he's probably, but he's prepared for that role. Mentally, he's prepared for that role. I mean, you're asking a lot of a guy coming out of college to be the savior of a franchise has been a has been a joke. Yeah, but you he know? did it. I give him. I mean, I know Sabonis came, Mike Brown, Monty McMare, but this is the guy that was here from the start, and he's produced pretty much the entire time. And I give him the credit. He did it. He did it. He's the best player on this team. You know what I mean? I know there was a lot of discussion earlier in the season, and it's no shade to Sabonis even after the playoffs. Like I, he's he Sabonis is fine. He's a certified All Star to me, regardless of what happened in these playoffs. But it was never any doubt for me. Aaron Fox was the best player. He's the best player. I think so. What Sabonis did, it allowed him to not have to be the best player over every night. Mm. 
it allowed him to not have to be the best player for four quarters every night, mm-hmm. which helped him. But yeah, I mean, to my who the best player is, that's determined, you know, in the postseason. Mm-hmm. This is where you become a star. And mm-hmm. he was a star. Yeah. And there's no knocking that. There's no denying that. Yeah. He was he was a star. Just flat out uh, flat out star. I can't even I can't say it any differently. <laughs> he was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, man. Shout out to De'Aaron Fox, man. What a what a season from him. Uh, what a ride he took all the Kings fans on. We're going to get out of here get one more break in. And when I come back, I want to ask you a couple of pressing questions for next year's Kings team, man, to see what you think, man. Jason Jones of The Athletic, Kenny Carraway of ESPN 1320. Be right back. J Street Vibes back here in your I was going to say in your ear, but or air in your airways. It really doesn't matter. You're yeah. listening to J Street. One way or another, you're listening to J Street Vibes. Jason Jones of The Athletic. Kenny Caraway of d and Casey on ESPN 1320. And, you know, myself and Damien, we talk about this often. This was phenomenal. This was an unbelievable season, an unbelievable year. Um, so many good times. So many good vibes. Everything was awesome, right? They got to the playoffs. We got to see them win at home a couple of times, win a big road game where we'll talk about it later on down the road. I know, you know, other teams talk about championships, all this other stuff. It's the Sacramento Kings. I think game six might have been the biggest win in franchise history. I'm not even going to lie to you. Everything considered, pound for pound, what they had in front of them, what they had to do, game six might have been the best win in franchise history. So we got all that. And we talk about it all the time. Enjoy this. We would tell people during the season, enjoy this. Enjoy what you just experienced as Kings fans. Enjoy what just happened as Kings fans. Because it will never be like this again. Because unlike this year, moving forward, there's going to be this thing called expectations. (laughs) <laughs> and if they lose in seven games in the first round next year, I guarantee you, I'm not going to be as pleasant as I am today. <laughs> like it's, it, you, we can only feel this this one time. It's like everything else in life, your first time, you never forget it, right? There's a lot of people's first time. Everything's awesome right now. This is the last time it will ever be like this. Next year, it's about business and it's about moving forward. So, off the top of your head, the very first thing that comes to your mind. What do they need roster-wise to move forward and take another step? Physicality on the front court. Physicality. I think they need some, some another rebounder, someone, somebody, a, a guy who can help help under there, some length. Hmm. I just think right now, teams that are that are big and physical can just pose too many problems to them. So they need some more size. I mean. You know, can you find a seven footer who you can give real minutes to? You know, can you find a someone who can play minutes at the four who's not a stretch, not, not a Harrison Barnes? You know, mm. can you, uh, you know, a legit 6'10, 6'11 guy to help you who can, you know, space the floor, still play defense. You know, you know, basically, can you get a Chemezi type player who can get minutes? Mm. You know, so. You know, I think that to me that's what jumps out. You think he can be that? Mm-hmm. You think he can, can be that? 
I don't know. Maybe Keegan's a three. See, that's the that's the thing about it. I I don't. If you ask me right now, I'd say he's a four. I think they hope that he can be a three. I don't know if he has that type of mobility to be mm-hmm. a three. He showed, but there are a lot of times when I looked at him this year and I was like, there's no way he could be a three. He gets abused on the perimeter. And then as the season went along and he stopped, you know, he got through that rookie year and stuff like that, I started to see flashes. I was like, ah, you know, if you get Austin with him, an NBA, you know, uh, training staff and, and get his body right and get his foot. I can see it. If I squint really hard, I can see Keegan Murray at the three. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he – right now I'd say he's a, a four, but I think they're hoping – and to get what you're talking about, they would probably need him to be a three. He's got a rebound on a whole lot better. Because they need that – that's a big area they need help. I think a, another rebounder would help them defensively and get their offense jump started. So maybe mm-hmm. that's just a matter of prioritizing where you put him and whatnot. But as I watched him just get killed on the glass in that second half, I'm like, yeah, they need somebody who can help with help in that area. And just some mm-hmm. guy, I mean, just some, you know, some more size on the perimeter. I mean, you can never have too much of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can, you know, but to me, if I'm if I'm prioritizing things, I'm trying to get me a, you know. He had to be a superstar, but a Jared Vanderbilt type. Maybe mm. you find a, you know, McDaniels type, one of the McDaniels types, you know, where he's not like your traditional bruising for, you know, but he's, like I said, he's got length. He can, you know, he can do, do things and have some, some, some uh, versatility defensively. I mm. just think that's, that, that's going to be the big area if, if I'm them, just finding some, some guys who can help you defensively, you know, three so, and D type guys. So here's the here's the deal. Here's the conundrum. If you're bringing in that type of guy, I think you're moving on from Harrison Barnes. Because where's he going to play? Very possibly, unless you draft that guy. Yeah. You know, you know, unless you trade for that guy, you know. But they're going to have, you know. It depends on what you think about Harrison. I mean, based on the minutes that Mike Brown played him in Game Seven. Mm. Those aren't the minutes you give to a guy that you think is, is pivotal to your season. I mean, biggest. Would you that- bring back Harrison? Say, say, say Harrison at three years, fifteen million a year. That's a very team friendly deal. I mean, I'd have no problem with that. Seventeen million a year. Yeah, that's, that's counting pennies, relatively speaking. At that point, <laughs> I, know, agree. I agree. I you agree. Know, I mean that wouldn't be a crazy deal. I don't know what other guys around the league are getting. You know what but, if what if what if you could get what if you could get Kuzma on the same deal? Well, you're not getting Kuzma on the same deal. You think Kuzma making twenty million a year? Yeah. Hmm. What if you could get? Here's a number. There's a guy that I keep thinking about that I really like. What if you could get Cam Johnson on the same type of deal? Maybe even cheaper. I like Cam. I do too. Cam's younger. But see, the way the NBA free agency is, a lot of times those guys never actually is Cam is Cam gonna be restricted? Yeah, Cam, I think he's unrestricted. And he was he said something earlier in the, like when he got traded. <laughs> said something when he got traded to Brooklyn a couple of weeks later. He's like, Yeah, I'm not really tripping. I'm only gonna be here for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> 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 so I think he's going to be testing 
free agency uh, some somewhat. The only thing is a lot of like guys like that, that, guys like that will break the bank sometimes. Mm. Mm. So I just don't know, you know, what's, you know, kind of what the, you know, what the plan is. It's, 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 it's tough to say because the playoffs are still going on. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, you know, and so, you know, there's going to be rumors about what's going to happen and, I think Brooklyn is going to be inclined to want to hold on to him just because, mm-hmm. you know, they need somebody's. And it's well, they got, make- a, they got a bunch of Cam John. They got uh, Bridges, Finney Smith. They got a bunch of guys like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you do, do you look at a sign and trade with a guy like that? You know, he's a restricted free agent, by the way. Yeah, and that makes it tricky. That mm-hmm. makes it tricky because generally, I can't think of the last time a guy, well, maybe Bogdanovich was the last guy who was a restricted free agent and his team didn't match. <laughs> I can't think of many guys who don't get matched. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, you got to get creative. You never know what's out there. I mean, no one saw the Kevin Herter deal coming. Yeah. So maybe there's a guy out there. Kelly Oubre. I've always liked Kelly Oubre. I do too. You know, I don't know. He, I don't know if he, I like him more than uh, Harrison. I think he'd be cheaper than Harrison, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they're, they're going to be some options out there, I think. And then you got to kind of see what happens with some of the other teams. I think if, uh, say, if Phoenix wants to move on from Aiton, and then now there's going to some. You got multiple teams moving parts around. Maybe they attach themselves to a three, four team deal, and that's how they get another guy. Hmm. You know, what if Minnesota decides to trade Carl Anthony Towns or hmm. tries to move Gobert again? Oh. You know, who knows what the Clippers are going to do? You know, hmm. you know, a guy like Nick Batum would be good for the Kings. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, hmm. so no, I want some. Younger, I, I like I like the Kelly Oubre, Cam Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. How, I just don't. Know. I haven't. I haven't talked to Monty in a while. I just don't know how much younger. How how many more young guys? I mean, they've got a young core. I mean, and I was, free agent. Oh, that'd, that'd be great for the kicks. <laughs> Go for it. There was a time when I would have jumped it. I used to like that'd Dylan Brooks. That'd be he, he progressed as a player. Then yeah, the joke on in the internet is that the Shanghai Sharks are interested. <laughs> they said Dylan's phone is getting blown up by unknown numbers <laughs> <laughs> in the Philippines because he doesn't realize this is next for Dylan. <laughs> well, but I mean, there's going to be. I think, you know, and when I watched them in the postseason, I think they need. I don't say this to be mean. They need a couple more adults. Hmm. Maybe a couple of vets who have been around. You look at how the Warriors run when they got some. I'm not comparing the Kings to the Warriors who won champion, but I'm saying you look at their runs. They mm-hmm. added guys like a David West, mm-hmm. you know, a Sean Livingston who could play a role, but he was he was an adult. Yeah. You know, a, a Barbosa who's obviously now a Kings assistant. But you know, you look at the good teams that win. They add guys like that. 
You know, mm-hmm. maybe not four of them, but you get one here or there. Like, one of, yeah, last year was the Warriors. They had their guys. But the year before Milwaukee, they, yeah. you know, they've got some adults on the team. The Lakers had some adults on the team. You, know, you just keep going back. Toronto had a couple of, you know, they had Kawhi, you know, but they had some, you, you got to get, I, I, I just think they would benefit from, like I said, necessarily Nick Batum, but got a couple of guys like that, some guys who have been around who can still contribute. You know, like higher level Delavadova types, like guys yeah. who can actually be in the rotation, like adults who can actually still get on the court and help you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled to what's going on this off season for the Kings. And once again, Jason, man, just a, a great season. Appreciate uh, you getting back on here with me, man. And we getting back at this J Street vibes, man. You yeah. you got a lot you're working on right now, man. We're, What's going on right now, man? What what can we what can we be looking for? Well, I'm supposed to be off this week, but I still got to do some work. But I got some stuff coming up for Mother's Day. No. A little fun coming nice. up. You know, working on some more shoe stuff. Got a couple of interviews lined up with some big names next week. Mm. So I don't want to say Kyrie yesterday at the Golden One Center. I saw him. I didn't, I didn't talk to him. I mean, you talked to Rich Paul. All the stars are out. Yeah, I talked to Rich. Yeah, I talked to Rich. Wow. Yeah, I know Rich for a little bit, you know. Remember, he had Ben McLemore back in the day. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah you know, and Rich got Did guys. Did you talk on to Kyle Shanahan? No. <laughs> I didn't even see them. And they were sitting right behind Kyrie. Oh, I would have asked them, you know, so what you going to do with that quarterback you give up all those picks for? Chill, chill, chill. Nothing. As you can see, all those rumors and innuendos all weekend were about nothing. They were never trading them. Stop it. Trey, Trey Lance is starting week one. No, he's not, but okay. Stop it. Stop no, it. Not. You don't believe that. He's starting to me. Who else is going to start? It ain't going to be Sam Darnold. It's going to be Trey Lance. Come on, stop playing. If, 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 Brock Purdy, if Brock Purdy was healthy, I would start Brock Purdy, but he's not going to be healthy. Brock Purdy's not healthy. I would I would just love for Sam down Darnold to start week one just so I could laugh at all the Niner fans. You know it how I it ain't happening. Trey Lance is starting. It's all good. Trey Lance is starting starting to your own one. Don't be disrespectful. Really. Don't be disrespectful I'm to the young man. Well, what happened there. last year? What happened last year when he started? They had a started on one last year. <laughs> it ain't happening this year. Well, I don't even know what the schedule is, but it ain't happening. Like, I don't know what they're playing, but they're going to win. <laughs> That's okay, you know. They, they, just keep your mans off the internet. With the They said the man, my mans, look like the lifetime version of Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, damn. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 he does have to make a decision soon. I, I, yeah, I can't say that about the young folks. You're going to have to make a decision. The decision has been made. He has not accepted the decision. <laughs> He's he's fighting it like Kareem was in '86. You know he's he won't accept what what the what the Lord is doing. The Lord is the Lord is the Lord has given him a sign. I mean when you're getting you, when you're getting a an extra large widow's peak lined up, the Lord is perfect. Oh, damn man, he's too young for that man. But trust me, I know. I was like 23 when I did mine, man. I was I was young and too. I was 40. What two? 42? 47. Well, I mean, he could, be worse. he could be Derek White, you know. Oh, well. That, that headband covers up. Man. Come on, what are we doing here, man? That headband ain't fooling nobody, man. <laughs> My man got a headband now. It's a towel. It's just tying the butt. <laughs> Even LeBron's impressed by that man's headband. LeBron, like, I didn't have one of them. Dang. What is that? 
<laughs> oh man. He went to the presser and got roasted. <laughs> oh, <Gary White. laughs> oh man. But hey man. Uh great king season. We're gonna be here uh throughout the off season, man. As we, as we try and see if the Kings can do what they gotta do to get back, man. So um we'll be here. We'll have a couple additions coming soon. You guys will hear about that a little bit, man, and we'll be up in here. But um until then, man, Jason Jones, Kenny Careway, J Street Vibes, y'all be good. Peace.